Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn over to Genesis chapter 41, and uh, we're going to get there eventually this morning. But uh, we took a couple weeks break from this study uh, of life, and we looked at the Palm Sunday, we looked at killing uh, the king, uh, and then we saw the conquering Christ uh, last week. And this week we're going to jump back into this study, and I just want to remind you, if you've been here, uh, the last um, sermon that we had, uh, we saw a life point. And the life point was this, being faithful in all things is vital in all or every circumstance of life. And so, uh, faithfulness is a virtue. It's, it's a quality that is important in just about every relationship, every, every aspect of our life. And so when we're talking about being faithful to God, uh, it's so important for us to understand how vital faithfulness to God is regardless of our circumstances. We realize, and we've seen this throughout this study, that our circumstances are going to change, our emotions, our feelings change. Uh, different, uh, our life evolves and changes as we go along, but none of that takes away the nece- uh, necessity for us to be faithful to God. It's still required, it's still necessary, it's still important. He still deserves our faithfulness regardless of what we go through. And again, sometimes we go through difficult times and we want to turn around and say, God, you know, I would be faithful to you if you weren't allowing me to go through this or if you weren't doing this to me. We, kind of, we have that view sometimes, uh, I think, wrongly. And um, God is an amazing father. He's the best father ever. Uh, we, we do things for our kids sometimes because we know better, right? That's what we say. You know, this is the reason why we're doing this. You know, this is the reason why you can't go there. This is the reason why you're not allowed to do this. So this is the reason why I'm teaching you to do these things at home. Because what we are doing as parents out of love is trying to equip our kids, trying to teach our kids right and wrong and, and set them up for success in their life. And so we're earthly people. God is perfect and holy and just and right. And so when he allows things to happen in our life, whether we understand them or not, it's still for our good and for his glory. And we don't see that because we see temporally. We see only what we see and experience in this life. God's seeing from eternity. Eternity is eternity, past, present, and future. It's always been. So God sees that way, and that's how he, he works in our lives. And so, again, the Bible tells us that it's required for us to be faithful. God can't entrust us. In Luke chapter 16, it says he can't entrust us with more important things if we're not faithful in the small things, the less important things. And uh, again, God, uh, he goes on to say this in verse 13, it's Luke 16, no servant can serve two masters, either he'll hate one, love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. Can't serve God and money. Again, we, we live in this world and, and things change and up and down and our finances are good and bad and, and, and all that stuff. And none of it changes the fact that we're to be faithful to God at all times. And so... Uh, faithfulness points to the principle of entrustment. When we understand that God has blessed us with the, the things we have in this life, our families, our relationship, uh, uh, the most important thing, eternal life, when God has blessed us with that and we understand he has entrusted us with his stuff, like our spouses, our kids, our grandkids, our health, our, you know, even being in America, a free country, I mean, all these things God has entrusted us with so much. 
And when we get that idea of God has entrusted me, then faithfulness becomes almost a non-issue because it is so important in our life. And so when I say non-issue, in other words, you don't have to always be thinking, you know, I should probably be faithful. It's just something you are. When you get the entrustment, the principle of entrustment, you are faithful to God because you get it. You understand what he has entrusted you. Again, you realize it's all his stuff. And so um, Wednesday, we talked about selfishness and how it's the opposite of what we see in Jesus Christ, this selflessness. In our study on Sunday mornings with Joseph that we've been going through, he's been faithful to God. And he has been that picture in the Old Testament of what selflessness is, of being faithful to God, both in the, in the valley and on the mountaintop. Joseph has, has been betrayed. He's been lied about. He's been thrown in prison wrongly. Uh, he's been uh, captain over all of Egypt. I mean, he has been on the mountaintop. He's been in the valley. And what we've seen is regardless of how others have treated him, regardless of, of what circumstances he's gone through, good or bad, he has been faithful to God and he's been a selfless servant. And so again, we can glean so much from Joseph. And uh, I think that we could say, if you look at somebody's life, you look at the, the story of Joseph and even what we've seen so far, if anyone could, could have a reason or excuse, anybody could be in a, a place of saying, I'm hurt, I'm bitter, I'm resentful. I, 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 I want to be selfish. Now is my time. I, I, everybody has mistreated. Everybody has betrayed. Everybody has lied. Everybody has done these things. If anybody could be at a place and they could say, now it's time for Joseph. I'm going to be selfish now. It, it would be Joseph. But again, we don't see that in him. I'm not saying there wasn't anything in there. I don't, we don't have the intricate details of what was going on in Joseph's heart uh, in this study and, and, and in Scripture, but he was a human being. And so there, he may have struggled with some of those feelings, like, when is it going to be my time? Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to put assumptions out there that aren't true, but uh, I would say that it would have to be a possibility. But he wasn't, as far as we know, a selfish, bitter, resentful, angry, hurt person. And that wasn't driving his decisions. What we do see is that he was faithful, and he was selfless, and he was a servant, regardless of what he was going through. Again, all great attributes that we can take and we should, should take and apply in our lives. And so this morning, I want to look at this other life point that we have and uh, see how it might apply to our lives. So let's pray, and we'll jump into that. Father, thank you for this time. Again, thank you for the opportunity uh, to worship you, Lord. Thank you for what we've already experienced so far. What a sweet time of praise and worship, Lord, and song. And um, Lord, we are so thankful for the blood, so thankful that you have paid the price for our sins. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful that you are so good to us. Um, and uh, again, we just, we're, we're, we're humbled by your goodness, humbled by your grace, humbled by your love, your affection, uh, all these things that you pour out in our lives. And again, th I know there's, there's lots of people in this room that are going through difficult circumstances. And I pray that we'd be able to see those through those circumstances and still realize that you are good and that you're all those things that we just said. Lord, help us to cling to that. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us this morning to hear from you and uh, to, to get this point applied in our lives and maybe even share it with others uh, who may need it as well. And we'll pray that you would be glorified through this. Just speak through me now and we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 41, if you have your Bibles there, you can follow along. If not, it'll be on the screen. It says, and it came to pass at the end of two full years 
Um, now, I, I, I want to remind us what, what's been going on because it just kind of jumps in that verse 41, I mean chapter 41. And if you haven't been here, haven't been following along, you don't know what's been going on. Uh, but someone once said, here are the thorns in Joseph's flesh. Uh, he, his brothers, Potiphar's wife, and now the cupbearer or the baker or the, the, the butler of uh, Pharaoh. Why are they thorns? Because the first abused him, the second lied about him, and the third forgets him. That, that sounds like a pretty miserable uh, time of life, right? I mean, your family is abusing you, they betray you, they sell you, and then you get to a place where you are lied about, so much so that it costs you your freedom, your freedom because you're, you're a servant and you're a slave, to, but it costs you your freedom, and then now you're forgotten about. Right? Everybody, not everybody, but most people struggle with uh, validation in their relationships. Most, most people struggle with acceptance. They struggle with the, the not wanting to be rejected. Most people have those feelings when it comes to relationships. Think about Joseph here. I mean, nothing has really gone relationally good for Joseph. Nothing has really worked out. He would be the one that would be guarded in every, every relationship that he would move forward in, right? I mean, his family, his brothers have, have done this. Uh, his boss's wife tries to entrap him, then she lies about him, and then he goes to prison. And then from prison, he makes these connections. He's serving. He's trying to do the right thing, and then he's forgot about. And so if we look at Joseph's life, and we say, well, this guy probably doesn't want to ever get into any type of friendship or relationship again. He can't trust anybody. This is where Joseph is in his life. Now, we have to understand, too, Joseph hasn't just struggled with um, you know, the, 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 the relationship that his, his uh, boss's wife tried to pull him into, this, uh, this adulterous situation. But again, think about the other areas where he may have, have been tempted or tried to be uh, pulled away from, a right place, the area of resentment. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but there's probably some people in here that struggle with resentment, whether it's against somebody else or maybe even this morning with God. Maybe you're a little resentful about something, a situation, something you're going through, something that you couldn't control, something you felt like that God could have controlled, but he didn't get right. Maybe you struggle with resentment. Joseph could very well have been tempted to be resentful. He could have been tempted to be angry. Again, I've been faithful all this time, and now look what has happened to me. It's been for naught. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to try as hard as I've always tried. Again, Joseph could have been angry. He could have been tempted to be depressed. Again, in a room full of people like this, there's no doubt there's people that probably struggle with depression. Joseph had reason to be depressed. Again, all of his relationships are failing. All of every, his very best efforts seem to have fallen flat, being left in prison, forgotten. Again, he could be tempted to be depressed, be tempted to even be cynical, Right? The next relationship that he has, maybe he could turn it in and, and become destructive himself because no relationship works out. He could get cynical like that. Nobody's trustworthy. Nobody. He could get to that cynical place. Very, uh, very possible that he was tempted to, to be this. And so again, for over two years, Joseph has been in prison for a crime that he never committed. For two years, this butler forgets him when he told him he was going to remember him. I wonder this morning how you and I handle the struggles that we face in our life. I mean, I mean, 
there's no doubt we're going through struggles, people in this room. I mean, look, looking at somebody like this, and, and we've got to remember, he wasn't God. He wasn't Jesus. He was a man like you and I. He had to put his faith in God, just like you and I. He had to make choices through his circumstances, just like you and I. He had to, to make the hard decisions in the hard times, just like you and I. And so we see, we have a lesson in Joseph on how we respond, how we should respond. Again, maybe, maybe you're one that says, I, I get resentful real quick. Somebody hurts me, and I just, they're on my blacklist. I can't, I don't want to trust them anymore. I, I'm kind of bitter and resentful against them. Against them. Or maybe, maybe you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place in my life where I'm, I'm angry about stuff. Maybe you're at a place in your life where it's gone to a different place and you're depressed. And, you, and you, maybe you don't even want to admit that you're depressed. You don't want to be around anybody. You just kind of want to be by yourself. You want to be at home. You want to close yourself in. You don't want to connect. You don't want to do any of those things. And you say, I, I, just, I would rather just be alone. But that's not how God wants you to live your life. And so again, maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you have gone to that place of depression. Again, Joseph could have gone there again could have gone being cynical maybe you are in that place where you are a cynic where you are saying i've trusted people before and i will never trust people again every relationship i've ever been inside of church outside of church has all they've all burned me and so i'm not i'm not ever going to put myself out there again maybe that's where you're at joseph wasn't there after two years and my concern today in 2019, with what we go through, I don't know that anybody's gone through what he's gone through in his life, but I'm not saying what you're going through or what you have gone through isn't big and isn't hurtful and hard. But Joseph didn't get to that place after two years. And I feel like sometimes we're, we get to those places after two days. Something happens we don't like, and we get there like that. Again, Joseph was there for two years. All this is about to change. Joseph being faithful, not being depressed, not being cynical, not being angry, not being resentful, not being bitter, not but being just continue to be faithful. Maybe he has questions, but he's still faithful. All is about to change because Pharaoh has two dreams. And the interpretation of these dreams would elude the wisest men, the, the craftiest, the, the magicians uh, in, in, in all of the known uh, civilized world at the time in Egypt. None of them could answer. And so look at, it goes on. It says, after two years, Pharaoh dreamed a dream, and behold, he stood by a river. Verse 2, and behold, there came up out of the river, speaking of the Nile, seven well-favored kine and fat flesh. That means they were pretty and plump cows. That's what those words mean. They were well-favored and fat-fleshed. That's an interesting way to say that, right? Well, you're fat-fleshed, you know. <laughs> Are you calling me fat? No. Plump. <laughs> so he sees these seven cows that were fat and pretty, good-looking cows. They were hefty. They had been eating good. They fed in the meadow. And behold, look, seven other cows came after them out of the river, and they were ill-favored and lean-fleshed. You know what that means? They were ugly and bony. The first were pretty and plump. These were ugly and bony. 
The, the, the seven, second set of seven comes out of the, the water, and look what happens. They stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. It was a showdown. Uh-oh, what's going to happen? Two different kinds of cows staring at each other. The ill-favored and the lean-fleshed uh, kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awoke. You think? What a dream. I was dreaming about cows, and the lean cows ate the fat cows. I would wake up too. Weird dreams, right? But he goes back to sleep. He dreams again, it says. He slept and dreamed the second time, verse 5. All the seven ears of corn came up, out, came up upon one stalk, rank and good. Behold, seven thin ears and, and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them, and seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, awoke and behold, it was a dream. Again, he has this, this, this dream about uh, the uh, corns, uh, corn stalks taken over the other ones. That, it's just some weird stuff, right? Maybe he was considering the night before, you know, or before he went to bed. What did I eat? You know, what, you know, what, what happened last night? But he's having some weird dreams, but so much so that it bothers him. Look what happens. It came fast in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for the, all the musician, uh, magicians uh, of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. Pharaoh told them his dream, but there, look at that next word. There was none. There was none. Nobody could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, Ah, I've messed up. I remember my faults today. So he was having this situation about the dream. The butler remembered two years back when he was having a troubling dream, but it went out to his favor. And so he's like, Oh, man, what was that guy's name? He told me what was going to happen in my life. He remembered, I remember my faults this way. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants. He was very angry, that's what the, uh, that means. With his servants and, and put me in ward with the captain of the guard house, both me and the chief baker. We dreamed a dream in one night, and I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of the dream. There was with, the, with us a young man. He was Hebrew. Again, the butler's trying to recall this. He was servant to the captain of the guard, and, and we told him, and that guy interpreted our dreams to each man according to his dream as uh, he did interpret. Came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Happened exactly like he said it was going to happen, as he interpreted it. Me, he restored to my office, and him he hanged. So the Pharaoh had the, the, the baker hung, we know that. And then uh, the butler was given his job back. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself and changed his raiment and came into Pharaoh. That's an interesting thing, he shaved himself. But uh, it was believed, it's, it's historical belief, that uh, it was only Pharaoh that would have a beard uh, among the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians. And so uh, Joseph had to as he presented himself to the Pharaoh. And so, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've dreamed a dream, and there's none that can interpret it. Pretty upset. I've heard say of thee that you can understand a dream to interpret it. And look what happens. Look how Joseph answers him. Joseph said, It is not in me. God shall give. Look. Again, I, I, that may not mean a whole lot to you right now, but I want me to think about this. Two long years in a dungeon, two long, lonely, could be depressive, abandoned, all of these in, in this situation. He's been there, forgotten, and all of a sudden, call up. Here's his opportunity. Stare down the butler. Two years, you know. His face, you know. <laughs> he could he could have got he could have got mad. He could have got angry. And Pharaoh says, "Hey, I heard that you can interpret dreams." 
And Joseph, in the moment where his flesh could have been revealed, where he could have done what he wanted to do, he could have busted the butler's chops right in front of Pharaoh. I said, this guy, I wouldn't trust him for nothing. You know, two years ago, he told me to remember, he's been, how, how has your tea been? You know, I mean, he could have been really working on this butler guy, but he says, it's not, it's not in me. It's not in my power. It's not about me. But God, God can do it. God shall give to Pharaoh an answer of peace. And this morning I have there in your notes, and you can write it down, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But the life point I think is so important for us, for us to get and to move forward with is this. Man's resources can't compare to God's. Amen. Joseph, man, one of the reasons I believe that he, he was so used of God, beyond it being God's grace and beyond it being God's choosing of Joseph to use Joseph, was because we see what Joseph did and who he was given the credit to. This reveals his heart. I believe that's why God was using Joseph in an amazing way, such an amazing way that thousands of years later, recorded in the scriptures that were preserved for the people of God, we are still talking about and learning from the example of a man called Joseph. What a way to be used of God. And I don't think today Joseph would stand here and say, yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't think he would. I, I think that he would have a different heart because, again, in this moment, when he could have taken the credit, when he could have said, yeah, man, yeah, I interpret James. How's it going, butler? You know, I did that. I told you, you know. I could have told you something else, but I didn't, you know. He could have done all of that, but here in this moment he gives God the credit. Because I think Joseph already knew, Joseph already experienced that life point. He knew that God's resources far exceed man's resources. God had been sustaining him. God had given him what he needed in the, the most desperate of times. But we, we've got to understand that in this moment here, the fact that Joseph gives the credit to God, revealing his heart, the same is true for us. I put in your notes this morning, I, I want it to be a reminder for all of us. That our actions and who we give the credit to reveal who we're really living, living for. Amen. How we live our lives and who we honor in our life shows really who we're living for. See, as I've said recently, we do what we want to do. If the things of this world or the things that you want for yourself are what matter to you, you'll do them even at the neglect of other things that are more important, even things of God. That's the reality. I'm willing to compromise this because this is what I want in my life. Now, we may not say that with our lips, and we may not you know, proudly boast that in our mind, but by our actions, by our decisions, we reveal who we're really living for. Joseph knew that it had been God doing this all along. From the very beginning. And it's only been God's resources that have sustained him. It's only been God's resources that have helped him. It's only been God's resources that have enabled him to stay faithful and true to God, even through the greatest of valleys. See, here's what I believe. I believe that you and I today, because we are so blessed and because we are so spoiled, that's the reality, that we are quick to forget those things. We're quick to forget that it's about God. We're quick to forget that it's about his eternal kingdom. 
we're quick to forget that because we get lost in the moment. We get lost in the blessings. We get lost in the tragedy. We get lost in the difficulty. We get lost in the trial. We get lost in all those things, and we forget that life is like a vapor and that our lives are truly the Lord's. I put this in your notes as well. In our forgetting, we can become self-serving and self-absorbed. So when we forget that it's really about God's kingdom, we forget that it's really about bringing honor to him and accomplishing his mission, and we forget that life is so short that we don't have time to, to, to neglect the things of God, to do the things that please us the most. Again, there's nothing wrong with doing things as long as it's not sinful. There's nothing wrong with doing things in this world unless we have to abandon or neglect the things of God. And when we do that, that means that, we're so, that we have quickly forgot the most important things, that our lives are the Lord's and our life is very short. Because if we really remembered that, we'd, we'd remember, I, I don't have time to, to neglect this. I don't have time to abandon this. I don't have time to set that aside for something I want to do because my life is short and my life is no longer mine. It's Jesus Christ's life. It, it's, it, he owns me. So if we know that in, in our forgetting that we can become self-absorbed and self-serving, this morning I want to encourage us, let's try to guard against that. That's the tendency of our flesh is, is to forget our life is short, to forget that, that we're no longer ours but we're the Lord's. Let, let's, let's remember that, that we can, in, the, in that forgetting, become all about ourselves and all about what we want. So let's try to, from this, this message this morning to guard against that. Say, you know what, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be self-absorbed and self-serving. I don't want to forget that life is short. I don't want to forget that it's about his kingdom. I don't want to forget that I'm not mine anymore. I want to remember that every day. I want to, I want to run my race well because I realize at the end of this short life, I'll stand before him and I'll either have lived a life that pleased him or not. And then it'll be done. But if we remember it's about God every day, his kingdom, every day, then we're more likely to depend on him and his resources than we are our own or the world's. That's just a reality. If, if you every day approach your life like, you know what, I'm no longer mine, that, that I uh, am, am about the, the, the kingdom of God, I, I want to do what his will is today, then the truth is, is you're more likely to depend on what he has written here than what you experience in your emotions or your circumstances. You'll go through it, you'll feel it, they're, they're real, it's there, but you'll land on the word of God, you'll land on the eternal truths, you'll, you'll depend on the resources of God, you'll, you'll turn to him in prayer, you'll trust him by faith, I mean, you'll turn to the resources of God if we approach every day that it's about, like it's about him. You, you woke up this morning, and, and you're here in this, 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 this church house today, and Hopefully every single one of us came here because it was about God It wasn't about Something that we want others to think about us or We came here for God Hopefully tomorrow morning we'll wake up Lord willing we'll have another day To serve him in his kingdom But we'll wake up tomorrow morning And as we approach our jobs or as we approach our day off Or whatever it is that you have going on Hopefully every single one of us will remember Today it's about God it's about his kingdom. It's not about me. It's not about what my agenda is. Now, I've got plans and I've got a schedule, but all of it's about him. 
I will not neglect. I will not abandon. I will not forget that it's about him. And so that way, as I go throughout my day, I'll be depending upon his resources. Again, it's a challenge for believers. But if you don't know what that's like, if you don't know what getting up and, and, and saying, you know what, this is about God today. If you don't know what it is about depending upon, uh, upon God's resources versus yours or the world's, then I want to challenge you with this. Maybe you've been too self-absorbed, too self-serving, too captivated by the world and its stuff to tell the difference. Again, this should not be for the ambassador of the kingdom of God. We are his ambassadors. If you're a Christian, you're an ambassador. You should, you should remember every day, this is who I'm representing. This is what it's about. This is the mission that I'm on. We're an ambassador of his kingdom. And if we get up every day and we say, man, I, I, wait, and this was a hard day. I tried to make it on my own. We can't do that as ambassadors. And you remember every day. Verse 17, I'm going to try to be quick. Pharaoh said to Joseph in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. He tells, him his, he tells him his dream, right? He said, I saw in my dream that these cows and these, these, uh, these, these stalks of corn, uh, they dev- the thin ones devoured the, the big ones. The end of verse 24, there was no one that could declare it to me. Again, the most powerful man in the world at that time had the most skilled philosophers, the most intelligent people at his disposal, had the, had the, the craftiest magi- magicians that he could have, This guy had everything at his disposal, and notice what he said. No man, none, nobody could do, here's the the reality, nobody could do what only God could do. That's what Pharaoh was saying. I mean, Pharaoh didn't say it with his mouth, but that's the reality. He turns to Joseph, and Joseph, the very first thing he says is, it's not in me, but God can do it. So Pharaoh says, look, here's my dream. I've told it to everybody I know who knows how to do this kind of stuff, and nobody knows the answer. Again, nobody can do what only God can do. I want us to remember, this wasn't an educated person that he was turning to. He wasn't a pedigreed Egyptian. He wasn't uh, the, 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 he was a Hebrew. He was a, a foreign slave who had become a convict in the country. That's who he was. He wasn't somebody who said, oh, well, of course Joseph is interpreting the dream. <laughs> no, he wasn't that. He was like, you saying there's a Hebrew that's a, that's a slave? That's been in prison for two year, over two years? He can do it? Joseph gets up there and says, no, 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 not me. God. Remember, you don't have to be at a certain level of intelligence, a certain level of talent or ability. It's not, it's not about us. It's about God. Joseph made himself available. Joseph was willing to give God credit. Joseph was about giving God all of himself. And that's what God used. I share that because we often measure what God can or can't do. We look at situations, we look at things in our life, and we determine what God or can, he can or can't do, what he will or what he won't do based off of what we think or what we have or what we don't have, right? That's what we do. I don't have answers. I don't know how this is going to work out. I I don't, why is this going on like this? And again, we, we go, we live our life based off of what we think. We live our life based off of what we have, what we don't have. And we'll say, I think it's not going to work out. This is bad or this is what we, we don't, we don't think, you know what? God's got this regardless. 
I'm not saying none of us. Now, there's some in this room that do that. But on a general basis, a lot of times, we make decisions based off of what we think and what we have. Listen, God's looking for willing vessels to give him all glory. He's looking for you to simply say, God, I don't know what I got, but here I am. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll talk to anybody you want me to talk to. I'm, I'm your vessel, and I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be about your kingdom. God's looking for people like that. Verse 25, Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he's about to do. Again, how many of us today would be willing to take the credit in this situation? Right? He just said, God has showed Pharaoh. So many of us today would say, look, yeah, i got an answer for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whether we try to, you know, cover it up in, in, a, in a different way, we would try to make ourselves... Maybe thinking that if, if I make myself more appealing to Pharaoh, that he'll let me out of prison. Pharaoh wasn't, I mean, Joseph wasn't doing that. Joseph was saying, God has done this thing. To a foreign heathen king, he was taking a pretty big risk by saying, look, God's got this. Joseph wasn't doing that. He wasn't trying to save his own skin. He wasn't just being devoted to God just because his situation was bad. He wasn't just trying to make himself look better just because he thought it was going to work out better for him. I'll give God a shout out later. No. He was all about God from the very beginning to the very end for Joseph. Again, the fact that Joseph gives all the credit to God both on the front end and on the back end is evidence that his heart was in the right place. Listen, that's got to ring true in our lives. God gives all the credit. He deserves all of the credit, both on the front and the back end. This morning, are you looking for every opportunity to exalt God? Is that what's in your life? Man, I, I just want God to work in my life, and I want him to be glorified in my life. I, I'm, I'm looking for every way to give him credit. He uses people who are. Joseph goes on and explains the dream because God gives him. The dream is this. There's going to be seven years of plenty and there's going to be seven years of famine. So he tells Pharaoh, you need to make sure and take care of and store up during the seven years of plenty so that the seven years of famine will be taken care of. Verse 37, the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? It was clear to even lost people that that. This, this man had God's spirit on him. So look what happens. Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none, none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to, to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the, in the throne will I be greater than thou. Did you hear that? He said, You are going to be the second in charge of everything in Egypt. It's only to me, as I am the king, the Pharaoh, that you will be second to. Other than that, everything is in your hand. Pharaoh took off his ring in his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain on his neck, made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him rule, ruler, listen to this, over all the land of Egypt. This guy's a Hebrew. He's not an Egyptian. He's a slave. He was a convict, thrown in prison, two years forgotten. He's a nobody. And because he was giving credit to God, because he was sincere in his devotion to God, 
Even the world was promoting him. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called his name Zaphnath Paneah, and he gave him the wife uh, uh, Asenath, daughter, daughter of Potipharah. That's, you know, it's so interesting, the names. I'm not pronouncing them right, but it's so interesting, the names, right? I mean, because you, you say that wrong, and you're like, mm, I don't know that I'd call my daughter that. But, um, <laughs> He goes, Joseph went out all the land of Egypt. So I want to just say this, and I'm, and I'm done. What seemed like a hopeless situation two years before was now completely different and turned around. Did you hear that? What seemed like a miserable, hopeless situation two years ago was now completely turned upside down differently. I want us to get this. What prison you may be experiencing right now God may turn into a palace another time. He said, oh man, my relationship, oh man, my finances, oh man, my job, my life, my depression, whatever it is that you're going through. I want to tell you what the key is. We've seen it with Joseph. It's all throughout Scripture. What's the key? The key is keeping your heart right with God and with others regardless. Jesus said that. When Jesus came on the scene, he said, here's the greatest thing that you can do. Here's the greatest command I'm giving to you. Love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The key is keeping our hearts right with God and with other people, regardless of what we go through. Jesus was a perfect example as he hung on a tree, and he says, Father, forgive them. His heart remaining right with the Father towards others, even as they were crucifying him. Our job, if God is going to use us in this world, if God is going to bless us in this world, is to keep our hearts right with God and with others regardless of our situation. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm not preaching that at all. What I'm saying is this is a situation where we're not allowing circumstances to define or dictate what our heart will do or won't do. It's about keeping a sincere heart, sincere trust in God, regardless. God had entrusted Joseph with everything, an entire foreign land. Joseph's heart remained right, and God said, here, I'm going to now entrust you with an entire foreign land, he took him from the prison and gave him the palace. We as God's people are his ambassadors. We must remember that if we're going to be entrusted with much, we've got to be faithful with a little. I don't want us to miss the point that Joseph wasn't looking for what he was being blessed with. Joseph wasn't in pursuit of that. We see nothing of that in Scripture. We don't see him say, yeah, finally got that promotion. Man, second in charge again. Here we go. That, we don't see that. What we do see is as he comes out of prison and as he's interpreting the dream, every single time he's saying, God will do this. It's about God. God gets the credit. God gets the glory. That's what we see from Joseph. He was concerned with honoring the blesser and not pursuing the blessings. Too often we get focused on the blessings, hopeful blessings in this life. And then we'll give a tip, we'll give a thought to God on our way to pursuing it ourselves. All right, God, I, I'm going after this job. I'm going after this money. God, I'm going after this relationship. God, I'm going to have that man. God, I'm going to have that woman. God, I'm going to have these things. God, I'm going to have that house. God, I'm going to have that land. God, I'm going to have that. I want these blessings. And if you'll help me, that'd be great. You know, that we give God this tip or this thought instead of saying, God, Here's my life. 
You know my desires, and I lay them all at your feet. If it's honoring to you and if it's in your will, then let it be. If not, I don't want it. We struggle in our own resources. We get consumed with working out our own blessings. And we waste so much time and energy when we should just rely on God. Be consumed with pursuing and pleasing Him. Let Him, in His resources, with what He has, bring what He desires into your life. If we'll let God do that, it'll be so much better, just like it was for Joseph, than it will if we try to work it out ourselves. Are you faithful to keeping your heart right? Are you relying on your resources or God? This morning, may we be challenged to keep our heart right, to trust in God's resources, to pursue Him and not something on our own. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to be reminded and challenged of this. Lord, I know it's challenging to me. I don't ever want to get my focus off. I don't ever want to try to take credit because I deserve none. Lord, I, help, help me, help all of us today uh, to keep, keep the right heart, keep right focus, uh, keep our hearts sincere, keep our hearts right with you and with others. Help us learn this lesson this morning that nothing that we have can compare with what you have. And help us depend on what you have every day. I pray you move now in this invitation. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.